said, give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. everybody this is double g for the fight game podcast continuing the g1 conversation uh john LaRocca is with me again and we're going to talk about uh today's show which is uh night 16 and we'll go back through 15 and 14 and 13 those are the ones we didn't cover but we're also going to break down where we stand today and preview the last three shows of the tournament and uh, just kind of talk a little bit about the news, one of which, uh, one piece of news is, is uh, the ROH uh, New Japan G1 Supercard ticket sales for Madison Square Garden. Uh, I know the May Young Classic kicked off tonight, so lots of stuff going on, but, you know, our focus is going to mostly be on the G1. But, uh, John, how are you doing this evening? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm pretty fired up for the show. After the show, we just saw today, so I'm ready to talk about that. I, I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to your thoughts on this one. <laughs> but before we do that, um, the uh, kind of the, I, I mean, I, I guess it's sort of predictable. It's not it's not um, anything unexpected. But uh, ROH G1 Madison Square Garden tickets uh, went on sale today. I, I believe this was the exclusive pre-sale. Um, for those who had an honor club membership, I don't know if there, there might've been some other pre-sales that were added here, but I believe that one of the ways you could get into the pre-sale is with the honor club membership. Um, I imagine honor club memberships are up this month. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but yeah, they sold, uh, I believe at last count, something like 9,000 tickets in the pre-sale. And so once they go, uh, to the regular public, I imagine, sooner than later and maybe very quickly that they're going to sell out which uh is is a pretty a pretty great feat like i was talking to um actually i was not really talking to but but on twitter uh brian rose who does uh, some some stuff for the wrestling observer website um he he uh, he had said something about about the show and i tweeted at him and i'm like yeah you know mm-hmm. i never imagined that the the first time i I'm, i go to madison square garden is for anything but like a Knicks game or maybe like even a WWE show. Like I'm going to Madison Square Garden to watch ROH and New Japan on a on a super card. And it's it's kind of crazy. Like I, I just would have assumed I would be at a Knicks game rather than at, at a at a wrestling show that's not WWE. Um what are what 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 did you think about just the idea that, you know, because you're a big WWE fan when you were growing up and I'm sure you equated um, that with uh, with Madison Square Garden, you know that that was kind of their thing. The garden is the garden. Uh, but what, what what did you think when you when you heard about the ticket sales and and how big the show actually is going to be? I mean, I wasn't surprised that they did what about eight thousand other people reporting, or from what I'm hearing at least. Um, I'm not surprised it's going to sell out because you know people want to rally for something. They want to be part of the first ever, right? They want to be part of something big and this is a big show and so i'm not really surprised about the success of it um 
I think it's very cool. I think it's very good for the wrestling business. Um, I like it because I like anything that like lights a fire under WWE, especially Vince McMahon. Because like fired up Vince McMahon is so much fun to watch because he goes all out. He goes for the throw. He goes for the jugular, and I want to see their reaction and I want to see them tighten up their game. And I think they will. So I think it, it just makes pro wrestling in the United States just better, you know. So I'm 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 pumped for it, and uh, I bet it's going to be just a, a killer show. And you, you know, New Japan's going to pull out, you know, their best, and ROH is going to pull out their best for that one. So um, yeah, I wish I can go to it live, but you know, uh, <laughs> I'll probably I'll I'll probably watch it. I'll probably watch it from home for sure. So. Uh... You you mentioned Vince McMahon kind of, you know, being pumped up and maybe even being on his A game. You know, we, we've seen Vince in cruise control, seemingly. It seems like uh, the last, uh, you know, the last few years or whatever without the competition. And mm-hmm. I started to think, like, and I mentioned this on one of the Wrestling Observers that I, that I co-hosted, the Wrestling Observer radios that I co-hosted, you know, what 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 is it like for Vince McMahon to to ha- you know to be thrown in the '90s, like when he's got his fastball back, and the 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 thing that I immediately thought was like, okay, just because this show was announced, I thought, oh, he's gonna go at you know the Young Bucks and Omega and Cody even harder than than maybe he would have, and now that it is a fact that this show is gonna be uber successful. I the 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 theory the thing in the back of my head that I keep thinking is is okay he's going to find a way to get the bucks on NXT that night going head up against this new Japan show. Like uh, that's a real possibility here. Like just the fact that that these guys are doing so well with this show, I feel like Vince is like like you said going to go for the jugular and what better than getting some of the guys who are expected to be on this show and having them run against it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to go hard. He's going to, um, you know, these guys are in a great position to make the most money in their careers, you know, with the, when their contracts up at the end of the year and, you know, just no matter if they want or not, they just want to mess with new Japan art. ROH, you know, they, they want to be competitive and they're going to, you know, and that's what they're going to do. Is it fair? I mean, some hardcore fans might be upset about it and complain about it, but it's just business. You know, that's what this business is. That's what it is. It's just business. So I think you're going to see a lot of guys by the end of the year be signed up. And, um, it's definitely going to be interesting. So definitely look out for definitely January of, uh, next year. It's going to be a big month for professional wrestling. Um, so I think, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things about where, uh, where guys stand today, sort of in this world of not, you know, not being on WWE considering like WWE signs almost everybody these days, right? Like they almost have every major guy under, under their umbrella. And there are a handful like, you know, like the guys we just talked about, like a Will Ospreay, like all the guys, uh, in new Japan, but that number is is seemingly smaller than it than it would have been you know even two years ago because WWE is just trying to sign everyone like for instance I believe Keith Lee debuted uh, tonight is that is that right was he on NXT Yes he uh, he wrestled tonight 
and, and, tonight. and and that's a guy who is like a hot prospect and and wwe came in swooped him up and now now he's on nxt he's probably going to get a a really nice push and, and fit in very well oh well i, I can see right now I, I mean i'm watching i actually watched like half the show and i haven't got to his match yet but like his little vignette to introduce him was pretty pretty fantastic I mean, WWE, you know, no one can mess with the production, right? I mean, it was just really make cool, really made him like something special. Like you can't wait to see this guy debut. The uh, yeah, and so so basically, my my question to you is: Do you feel like Cody and the Bucks and Omega? Um, do you feel like if 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 that that they have it in them to want to be? competition or try to figure out how to be competition because look you know they're they're uh as as shown by wwe signing the the big deal with both fox and usa uh ufc signing the big deal with espn and they're going over the top for a lot of their product even bellator signing with De, uh zone and going over the top with DAZN. It seems like there is money out there and there are a lot of these providers content providers who are hungry for product. And if anything, I think Cody and the Bucks and, and Kenny Omega have shown that, you know, there is a, there is a fan base, whether how small it is, we, we, we don't know yet, but they have a following. Uh, they have a YouTube show. Uh, and, and is it possible that they may want to, to kind of do their own thing because you know whether or not they make uh, maybe a million or two with WWE. Maybe the money is actually in starting their own thing and getting a TV company or a content provider or you know just a, a streaming service to say, oh, you know, we want you guys to run this thing, and thus here's more money than you would even make with WWE as talent. Yeah, I mean, look at the WGN special for the All In, the hour show before the pay per view starts. I mean, that's that's a big thing, in my opinion. If that thing's a success, you know, I can see, you know, I can see w, WGN, you know, maybe starting something up, and that can lead to, like, a their own promotion, the Being Elite promotion, let's just call it that for now, and and creating their own thing. I definitely can see that happening. I think that might be a goal right now, actually. In my, in, in my gut, I feel like, those guys will want to do something like that because they're already challenging the system as it is. You know, they're always proving people wrong. They're, they're selling out bigger stadiums, you know, not saying, but you know, that's selling out bigger arenas and, um, they're creating their own, their, their merchandise sells well on their own, you know, they're entrepreneurs. And so I think they would, they want that next challenge. I think the next challenge is starting their own promotion and, Who's gonna help them out? I don't know. Is is this ROH? I don't think so. Is it Billy Corgan? Like, why is he on the All In Show? Mm-hmm. You know, is it just simply for the NWA title, or is it more to that? Right. You know, is there? I that's 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 like a gut feeling I have. So, um, like I said, wrestling's gonna be very interesting. <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the year, it's definitely gonna be a lot of fun, a lot of craziness, and a lot bigger than when like. They announced that Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows all like, you know, signed with the WWE. Remember that? that yeah. Like, yep. Everyone's like freaking out. Like it's going to be all over the place 
you know, you're going to see guys doing their own thing, WWE signings. Uh, it's going to be very, it's going to be very cool and fun, and I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, you know Cody a little bit, being that you worked with him directly. Uh, you you and APW and, and, and Mark Smack booked him for a couple of different shows. Uh, and, you know, when you and I talked about it, you were like, oh, you know, he's very professional. He comes in a suit. Like, he, he he's, like, he, very easy to work with. But did you sense the business savvy in him that it would take to pull off something like that? Because... He's got to, A, believe in himself, one, which I imagine he does because or else he would have never left WWE in the first place. And two, he's got to believe that he has sort of a vision and a plan. Um, and, you know, his dad is, is sort of like this renegade in the business, right? Uh, a visionary. Like he, he was uh, he he was a main event talent. Then he was uh, in charge, and he booked, and he was, you know, he he was in charge when NWA was very successful. But he was also in charge when when they weren't, and they were going downhill. Do you feel like Cody kind of has that Dusty in him to maybe be a little bit of a renegade and you know basically say to WWE, "Thanks, but no thanks. We would rather be competitors than than be on your side." No, 100%. He's just like his dad. He wants to be his dad. He wants to accomplish what his dad did. And, like, just when we had the first Cow Power show, with uh, the main event was him and Joey Ryan and Steel Cage. Like, you know, Cody worked just as hard as, you know, Marcus and everyone else did, you know, locally. You know, like, he was pushing that show. He wanted to draw the biggest crowd possible. You know, he was, like, he was adamant that we are going to draw at least 3,000 or more, you know? And, and so, like, I, yeah, that's when I really saw that drive. I mean, I mean, I could just see it now, you know, before that too, like he's out there to prove himself. He's going out there to make his own, you know, bring his name back up from the WWE because they were, you know, they weren't doing much with him. He was the stardust and you all knew he was talented. We all knew he was a lot better than where he was positioned on the, in the roster. And he took a chance, went on his own on the independent scene, built his name up. Um, and look at him now, you know, he's definitely one of the, top performers out there. Um, I always look forward to his uh, matches. I, I, I miss his heel character now. I, know he's, I guess he's going to be a baby face now, right? After the events of G1 and uh, San Francisco special. Um, Cause I thought he was a fantastic heel. Like he played it well. He was, you know, just he had a character down, but, but uh, yeah, 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 definitely. I think I can see that. I can see him wanting to start his own promotion and build that up and and competing, you know, because uh, he has that fire, that competitive fire. Well, it's it's going to be the the thing, you know. I think most wrestling fans are going to follow. You know, where are these guys going? Uh, it's a great time to be a free agent for these guys. That's all I got to say because you have you know you have multiple companies that are doing well. And uh, you know, ask uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. You know what that what that means for uh, for uh, leverage, and and so I, I, I'm very interested to see what happens. I, I would love to see. Debi- Go ahead. There's a lot of fa- there's a lot of factors that go into this too. Like you know, Cody doesn't have kids, right? Mary doesn't have kids. The Young Bucks have little kids, you know, right? Like what they do when the big money comes from WWE, you know, like mm-hmm. hey, you know. Like you really had to, they had to really think that, think about that. And it's going to be interesting what they do. And, and 
I hope the Harcroft, if they decide to go to WWE, I hope the Harcroft fans will turn on them because, man, they've got to provide for their families. And that's the, that's the, that's the end all be all right there. You know, you want to provide as much as you can. So, I mean, I, my gut feeling on the Young Bucks is like they won't, they would want to go with Cody and Omega and do their own thing because they're just, they're just, that's just their mentality. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if WWE gives them, gives them enough to convince them to come too. You know, it can possibly happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let, let, let's get into the G1. Uh, the the most recent show, Night 16, was heavy, heavy, heavy on the storylines. Uh, had uh, one really, really good match. Uh, and, but it wasn't, the, it wasn't the wrestling show that some of these other shows have been. Um, the main event angle, actually not even the main event because it, it wasn't the main event of the show. But uh, we finally, you know, you and I have been talking about this whole Tongans angle and like, where is it going? Like, why is it? Why why are they doing all this stuff? And there hasn't been really even a sign of payoff. And it, I sort of felt like there was a sign of payoff tonight. Um, it started in the uh, in the uh, the third match of the day, which was I'm sorry, the third uh, of the G1 matches, not the undercard, where uh, Tamatanga uh, beat Kota Ibushi. And uh, in the match, um, Kenny Omega came in for the save. And this was when, you know, all, all the Tongans were doing the, the normal interference that we've seen over, over the entire tournament so far. And Kenny Omega, who is A, best friends and, you know, or, or uh, soulmates even with, uh, with Kota Ibushi, uh, he is also in competition with Kota Ibushi. So, you know... If he if he if Kota loses this match and Kenny wins, he doesn't really have to worry about the uh, the 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 final match as far as Kota is concerned. You know, there, there's less pressure on him to 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 uh, you know to lose to Kota. But at the same time, he's saving his uh, his best friend from an attack, and so Kota uh, goes on to lose the match. And in losing the match because of the interference, Kenny also takes quite a beating. Um, and Kenny, uh, Kenny eats a, he eats a spear and he also eats a power bomb after the match from, uh, from Fale. And so as the, the match, uh, is ended and Kenny's laying in the ring, all of a sudden, uh, a Yano comes out and, and so we have Yano against Omega. He doesn't get the sneak pin, you know, because Omega's laid out. He, Omega does kick out at two, but throughout this match, um, the, uh, the, 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 uh, Tongans are back. And so, you know, Kenny's got to, got to lay out, uh, or has got to, has got to fight off, uh, the Tongans as well. But then, then he gets laid out by, uh, the gun stun and Tamatanga comes, puts uh, Yano over Omega and Yano beats Omega. So technically, and I don't know if this is where they're going, but now they finally did tell, a story that may be worthy of of seeing a match between either Omega and Tamatanga or Omega and Ibushi against uh, maybe Fale and, and Tamatanga. Um, even though we have hated a lot of the the stuff that has happened as far as uh, the Tongans are concerned and the interference, did you feel like there was some payoff here uh, based off of this angle? This fucking sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was watching. It made... <laughs> it just fucking sucked. I'm sorry for cussing, but like... 
seriously, okay, first of all, Omega comes, makes a save, right? And it makes sense because that's his best friend, yeah, uh, soulmate, whatever you want to <laughs> call it, and and that makes sense. And you know the the interference of the Tongans over and over again. Like finally, Kenny Omega is going to put a stop to it. I like that, right? I like that part of it. And then the Tongans beat the shit out of him. They gave him the power bomb, all that. Then out comes Yano, right? Okay. First of all, it's it's a weird thing for New Japan to do, right? This kind of like almost like this really like like a, like a attitude era kind of booking, right? Uh, absolutely. And so, and so, like at first, I was like, okay, it's kind of inch- weird for uh, New Japan, but New Japan, you know, they're not they're not really going traditional Japanese wrestling anymore. We got we all got to accept that, right? And so he comes out, and you know, doesn't get the doesn't get the quick pin, and then all of a sudden. It breaks out to a comedy match, so <laughs> so you get all this heat on the Tongans. You beat down Ibushi. He gets you know carried out. You fucking beat down Omega. You're getting heat for the Tongans, right? Oh my god, they just fucking beat the shit out of Kenny Omega. And then he's fine enough to do a fucking comedy match with Yano. Like what the hell? Like so you basically kill all your heat for the Tongans for what they did. And now they're going to say, oh, well, they came out and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it just was stupid. It just was dumb. And I don't know, man. I I just made me not want to see this match anymore. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why would they kill the seed? I'd rather see I'd rather see them beat the hell out of Kenny, Liam Lane, out comes Yano. Everyone thinks, oh, shoot, Yano's going to take advantage and steal the pin. But then Tongans beat the crap out of Yano and throw him on top of him or something, you know? And yeah, then, yeah. You know, and then we don't have a match. I think the whole point of the match between Omega and Yano was pointless. Like, they should just never had a match. They should have somehow figured it out where, you know, Kenny gets carried out. I'm like, oh, man, how's it going to be against uh, Ibushi or something like that, right? So, I don't know. It didn't work for me. Um, I don't think the Tongans got any heat, really. I just already steam on this as much. I just think it's, I just think it's, I don't know, a, a poor angle. And I don't know, I was not into it. I was just like shaking my head like, what the hell? So <laughs> that's my thoughts. So, so what this means for the rest of the tournament is that Kenny, Coda, and Naito, who won his match against Sonata in the best match uh, of of uh, of Night Sixteen, they are all still technically alive now. Mm-hmm. Kota, if for for Kota to win the block, he would have to beat Kenny, and Naito would actually have to lose to Evil. I, I don't I don't know if if that if that's if that's what they're going to do or not. It would seem a little weird that that Kenny would lose again. Um, but uh, it's it, it's possible. Now, for Naito, he's got to win, and then if he wins, uh, the only way Coda can make it is if is if he then beats Kenny. But if he wins and Kenny and Coda say go to a draw, then Naito can actually. Can actually make it. So Naito's Naito. Let, let me let me figure this out. I may I may have actually um, like 
like uh, got gotten my own head here. I, I'm going to read this from uh, from Brian Rose, the guy that I, that I was mentioned that I tweeted. So he so so I'll read it. I'll read it uh, the whole thing. He says at this point, Omega needs to win his match with Ibushi or he's out. So if he and Ibushi draw, he's he's out. Uh, same thing for Kota. For Naito to win, he would need to beat Zack Sabre Jr. And uh, why did I say evil? That, that I didn't mean evil. Uh, and then hope for Omega Ibushi to go to a draw. That would give him 14 points to Omega's 13, making him the winner. Another scenario would have Ibushi win the match, but then have Naito win his. In that case, Naito would edge out Ibushi and win the block. So those are the scenarios. Um, it is uh, it is actually going to be pretty cool because let's say um, Naito, if Naito wins, he can then sit, you know, he can come to ringside and watch Omega and Ibushi and then hope that Ibushi either wins or that there's a draw, like he's actually rooting for an outcome and then also rooting against Omega winning so that he could go to the, uh, to, 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 to the, to the finals and see, this is why WWE doesn't do a tournament like this because it's so hard to explain to a very casual fan base who is not super invested. But, um, so, so that's our scenario with this show. Now to go back to what you were talking about, which is sort of the, the comedy match between Yano and Omega, um, some of the stuff I was okay with, such as suplexing Kenny on all the, uh, all the pads and then Kenny going like, well, that doesn't hurt. Like the, I, I, those are the, the, the pads, but then two seconds later selling when he gets hit with one, like that's the stuff that really yeah. bothered. That's, that's what really bothered me. Um, I definitely see your point because you're because the ta- you want to make the Tongans look like look like the you know the crazy heels, and then you follow it up with with a Yano match. You know maybe the booking there should have been instead of you know Yano and Omega. Maybe that's where Omega faces a different wrestler who's not uh, so much mm-hmm. of a comedic wrestler. But I mean you know that that's maybe that's the flaw, and I don't know if I would blame Omega or Yano necessarily. That's just the booking. And, uh, you know, like you said, this is not necessarily the new Japan style of booking that you're used to because they're all they're they're basically booking for two audiences. One of them is the the Jap, the hardcore Japanese audience and those of us from the U.S. who watch on New Japan World. But they're also trying to create a, a bigger fan base in the U.S. And like you said, copying an attitude style angle um may i mean maybe the right thing it may not be though uh, but but that's what they're trying to do so they're actually trying to cater to two different audiences at the same time and this is yeah. sort of this is sort of the result yeah just to be clear i'm not blaming yano i'm not blaming omega or anyone like any of the guys the performers i'm blaming the bookers right they're the one that booked this crap and and it's like I, I, if you're really going all in on the tongans and you want to get as much heat on them as possible I don't think they were successful with it because I, like I said, I think there was great heat when Omega came out and saved Ibushi, but then got his, you know, he got his beat down and I think it could have been a little more brutal. Honestly, if I would have booked a little bit, a little bit more, maybe some kind of table spot or posting or something. And then, you know, like I said, Yano comes out, 
maybe it's a forfeit or something. Maybe that's for, I don't know. I don't know what he could have done. I mean, it all depends like their, their point system with the tournament. I know he can do, it gets kind of tricky there, but um, I still believe that Ibushi's going to win. He's going to face Tanahashi in the finals of the G1. And I believe uh, Tanahashi's still going to win. So, so but in order in order yeah. for that to happen, so that so you believe Zack Saber beats Naito. What if they go to a draw though? Uh, actually, let's see. So if Naito and Zack Saber go to a draw, that would give Naito thirteen, and the most Coda could get to is twelve. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think Zack could be the spoiler here. And Zach definitely has some momentum after this show. Um, today is when he today when he beat Goto. Yep. Um, and basically set up that challenge for the Never Title. Probably happened in October. What did you think of that match, by and, the way? Uh, mm, I thought it was okay. Yeah, I'm with, I, I, I'm I, with I, you. I, I was kind of disappointed. I thought it was going to be a lot better. I, maybe it was missing something, or I don't know what it was. It just wasn't. Maybe they don't, they don't connect that well yet. Um, I like some of the stuff. I liked, I like Saber a lot more now. I like to see him sell more. I think he is selling more in his matches. Um, I'd like to finish. You know, I like Saber when he get, locks the guys up in the pretzel and they can't make it. And you're wondering, like, how's this guy going to get the ropes, you know? <laughs> and uh, and then he just doesn't, and he just finally just gives up. I like that. But it's just the whole, like, the whole stretch of the knee of the match, which wasn't, Connecting, I was kind of just sitting there watching it, like just watching it. Um, but I do like the ending, though. I like, like the finish. I like what it sets up. I like the idea of Takamichinoku coming around with the never title, giving it to Sabers. Sabers like showing off the title in front of him, and I think uh, Sabers like the, the right guy to um, to beat him for the title. I think Goto doesn't really need a never title. He's kind of had it like a million times. I feel like, and I think Sabers' stock has really risen in this tournament. And uh, yeah, I like to see him get the title and have a run with the never title. I mean, it's I don't, one of those belts you really don't really care about, but I mean, New Japan does a well job. It's a good enough. They do a really well job with their titles still. And uh, you know, I, it's the lower end singles title. It's it could still mean something a little bit. So I think it'd be good for Zach to win it for sure. So uh, the the main event was uh, was Naito and uh, and Sonata. And it was really interesting because as, as a match, I thought it was a really good match, but I thought what was lacking was a little bit of what we had in the first match, which was uh, Juice Robinson um, Juice Robinson against uh, Ishii. And like mm-hmm. in that match, they, it was pretty safe except for the chops. I'm, I'm sure the chops probably hurt like hell. And uh, but it was all based on like the charisma of both men, and uh, you know Juice getting fired up, and then Ishi getting fired up, and then Juice getting fired up, and Ishi getting fired up. Uh, I, and, and like it was all about sort of how fiery, you know, they were getting to get the crowd into it. And um, you know they they hit some moves at the end. Uh, you know Juice took it took the wrap off his hand and, and, and through the, uh, you know, the, the, the big left hook. Uh, but in the main event, I thought the one thing that was lacking was a little bit of fire by Sonata. And maybe that's because, you know, there, it it was a, it, it was an LIJ, you know, match, 
but I felt like there were moments where I just wanted Sonata to kind of just like fire up a little bit or show show a little something because he was going toe to toe with the with the leader. You know, he was going toe to toe with uh you know with one of the baddest guys out there and he was doing really well and he was a step ahead of him he knew him he knew you know where he was going before he actually got there and like there was just that little piece missing for me from Sonata uh and 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 that's what you know I still thought it was a really good match but that's what separated it from being like one of the classic G1 matches of this tournament for me yeah yeah actually has another match I was a little let down on um, but there was some signs of that with Sonata, like being a little step ahead, especially with the tranquilo pose, you know, where he like cut it off with the, like tripped him as he's hitting the ropes. And to hit the ropes, he tripped him out of the ring, tripped him, pulled him out of the ring. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there was a lot of miscommunication in there. I don't know if you noticed that. It seemed like, uh, it seemed like they were on the same page at certain times. Things may have been forgotten, maybe possibly. Uh, especially early on, there was a spot right out of the way when, like, they're in the corner and, like, they're kind of, like, going out of the corner, but then they went back into the corner. I think, obviously, communication wasn't heard, so they didn't know what to do. And then, I think Sonata just rakes his eyes and you could tell, like, that they're, they're <laughs> trying to regroup. I mean, from my experience, that's what I believe is happening, you know. And then um, some other stuff wasn't that smooth. Um, that's early on, the little chain wrestling where uh, Sonata's countering. And he's doing the flips, and then I think uh, flips out of the arm bar, and then um, and then uh, Naito does his tranquilo pose, and then he just drop kicks him really quick. Yeah, that that was cool. Was freakish was that when Snod did that? You know how he does that like handspring out of the arm bar and, and gets out of it? Like, mm-hmm. do you notice like he like his like I think it was like his right hand rolled during that? Like it wasn't as clean as he normally does. Like he didn't like didn't have a good base with the hands with the the handspring and like, but he's such a freak athlete. He was able to still pull it off. Like I thought that was like, when I saw this, like, Oh no. Like, and then also like, he just did, he does it like, kind of guy's such a great athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I thought like some things just weren't connecting. I don't know. Maybe Sonata was, but it's kind of weird. I was like, wait, is this not like too up for this match or nervous about this match or, or wanted this match to be like this classic, but like he's succeeded with the other matches, you know, when he's put in the main event position. So, I'm not sure, and then I didn't think I didn't think the finish was as clean or something. I don't know, like I don't know what's going on with the Destino, but like it used to be like this beautiful move. Now it just seems kind of like kind of uh, kind of rough, you know, when he executes it. And uh, I usually don't mind that because I feel like someone more realistic. But like, right, right, it's right. That's such a cool, flashy move, you know. Like it just doesn't doesn't look like they really executed well. So. Um. So. The uh, so so yeah so headed into uh, I believe the show would be uh, I guess it's uh, Friday uh, Saturday no Friday Friday night for us so or or early Saturday I think in Japan um, for the uh, for the this I guess the for the block and it's gonna have. Um, we're going to have Kenny and Coda, like we've been talking about for like every show that we've done. Naito and yeah. Zack Sabre, like we just mentioned. Juice and Goto, uh, Ishii and Sonata, which will be fun. And uh, Yano and Tamatanga, which you can imagine is going to be just nothing but ridiculousness. Uh, but hey, may- maybe maybe they'll 
they'll they'll get heat on Yano. That's that's a guy that you could actually get heat on, right? If you stopped all of his funny stuff and just laid him out, you know, for dead, they they could actually get good heat that way. Um, yeah, yeah, that that that, that can they someone need to beat someone down, you know? Like it just, I'm I'm just really disappointed in them mega match and Yano. I think I, it. <laughs> you didn't have high expectations for it, though, right? Uh, well, I figured they were going to do one thing. They're going to do a comedy match. Which most that was most likely. I was like nine percent sure they're going to do a comedy match. They did. I kind of would want to see like, okay, Yana's doing these comedy matches up the whole tournament, but he's wrestling the champion, and he's still going to do his comedy shtick in the beginning a little bit. But then he turns it up a notch. You yeah. know, he wants to go for because you pin the champion, you get a future title shot. What the hell? Yeah, have that story. Yep. You know, like, like it just makes the belt more important. Where Yana's putting putting aside all the fun and games and he's like, I want to be, you know, getting a title shot in the future and I want to beat the champion and, and yeah, cause the guy's really good and he doesn't really show it as much. I mean, he is good. I mean, he does a lot of cool stuff and you know, he's a former amateur wrestler. He can do some cool things that he probably doesn't even show right. You know, he hasn't even shown this. Is a, I thought this would have been the perfect opportunity for him to show some newer stuff in his repertoire and, and, and just, you know, like just kind of like how he had that match with Okada mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. And you know it was it was it was fun in the beginning, but then it got serious, and that's, that's what I was kind of hoping for. And not then not, not just because my hope for that match didn't happen doesn't make out this point in this one. It's just the whole thing was just executed poorly. And like I said, I don't think it got any heat at all. I just think it was just a bunch of bullshit. And um, and like, like I said, don't blame the guys. It's, it's the bookers that made the wrong call. They there should have been no match, and you know, and I think it would have been okay because <laughs> it'd been okay for Omega not to have a match, you know. Yeah. Like he's been, God, man, that guy's been putting his body online this whole tournament, man. He's and so thank God he's such a special athlete that he's, you know, getting through it. But you know, hey, that guy, that guy deserves a nice day off when this is all absolutely a couple of days off when this is all over. You know, a lot of like, a lot of these guys do. So, yeah. Did you catch the end of the uh, tag with Tanahashi and Okada? Okay, so no, I, I've been purposely like avoiding the undercard match because sometimes I feel feel like it spoils certain spots in the match coming up. Yeah, so I kind of don't want to watch it. So um, I did see like just them jaw jacking. At yeah, the end. yeah, that's all I saw, and I was like tempted. I was like, mm, should I go back and watch <laughs> that tag match? But I was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna save it for when they compete in their singles match. Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't want to watch the match, but I did want to watch the aftermath. And uh, they kind of, you know, they were outside of the ring and they went nose to nose. And they kind of then were about to back away, but then Tanahashi punched him in the face. Then Okada got him back and then Tanahashi got him back again. And then they were separated. And then uh, all of a sudden Okada goes over the rail and he stands on the top of, uh, of one of the announce tables and then he puts his hand in the air, and I forget. I don't. I don't know what he actually screamed. And so he got some applause. And then Tanahashi went over the rail as well. And and when he went over the rail, I was like, "Oh, this poor guy. His knees. His, his knees must hurt because he did not go over the rail very easily. It's like when I try to like jump a fence. <laughs> like I, I like I'm the most gingerly fence jumper you could ever see. And so and so uh, he he go he goes over the rail and then stands on on the uh, the other announce table and I th- I feel like the crowd was a little bit more behind Tanahashi but 
that it was almost like um, your rock Austin moment uh, of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what it that's what it sort of felt like. And so they, they head into uh, into the next show, I think, which is uh, Thursday, Friday, Friday, um, Friday morning for us. And uh, and that is that is going to be a big match. So let's break down the A block, which is Tanahashi at 14 points, Jay White at 12, Okada at 12. They are the only ones in the running. So again, I'm reading Brian Rose because he thought about this and I can't do the math uh, uh, <laughs> on a live show um, or live to tape. And so uh, this is what Brian Rose says. Tanahashi, White, and Okada are still live heading into the block finals. Tanahashi and Okada will be facing off at uh, on August 10th while White is up against Evil. If Tanahashi defeats Okada or draws with him, Tanahashi is automatically through the finals. For Okada to get through, he needs to, to defeat Tanahashi and have Evil defeat Jay White. White holds the tiebreaker over both. So he needs to beat Evil and he needs Okada to win over Tanahashi and he will win the A block. So... I, I don't imagine like like I think the surprise of all surprises is that Jay White comes out of the A block, but they also have three guys in the mix, and it'll and it'll be cool to see you know if if if, uh, if Jay White loses against Evil, then he's he's probably not not caring too much, but uh, uh, but but if he he wins, because uh, even in, even if they draw. Tanahashi will will and Okada will will both be above him if if he loses. But if he wins, then he actually has something to root for, which is for Okada to win the match or for it to be a draw for him to uh, not actually not a draw. He he would he, Tanahashi would go if it's a draw. So Okada would need to win the match for him for him to to go forward. So you know in in both scenarios in both the A block and the B block, there are three guys left. There are, you know, a few different scenarios for for each guy to uh, to each of the three to to go ahead. I, I one thing I wish is that I know I know Kevin Kelly tries, but I wish there was like a list of scenarios, like for you know maybe maybe uh, for the next show. It's like here's you know before Jay White's match. Here's what has to happen for Jay to win, and then you know, and then in the main event, here's what has to happen for each guy to win. Like I wish they would do that, and I know Kevin Kelly tries to explain it, but he's sort of like me, like trying to do this in my head. Uh, and so hopefully, uh, hopefully it's clear to the fan base about what about what happens. I'm sure it will be once the main event happens, but um, you know, there's so many scenarios that it could be a little confusing. Well, usually before the show or during the announcement, because they're using Japanese and Japanese wrestling traditionally, they the ring announcer runs down the whole card before the show happens, right? And usually for G One, I believe they give all the scenarios. The ring announcer will give all the scenarios to update the crowd. They kind of pop every time. There's like, oh, you know, certain things that can happen. So I kind of want it just to come down to Okada and Tanahashi, just like that's the that's it. So I'm kind of hoping for Evil to beat Jay White. Yeah. But um, I could see it where, you know, he's still alive and hoping, you know, something happens, you know. But uh, I still think Tanahashi wins. Now, what would you prefer, a Tanahashi beat Nokata, or would you prefer a time limit draw? Uh, considering they went to a time limit draw, um, the, la- right. the well, well, and even the... Um, 
Yeah, two years ago, but then... Yeah, you're right. You're right. That was two years ago. I was thinking about the the last match that they had, but Okada won that match. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would rather see a, defi- a decisive victory. Like like even though ties in Japan uh, actually mm-hmm. are still meaningful, I would actually like to see a decisive decisive winner. I would love to see whoever wins that match be be the winner. Yeah. Uh, rather than I'm I'm, all, I'm, I'm all for um, Tanahashi beating Okada. I think. He does that. He beats Okada, the former champion, that is legendary run, right, as champion. And then he beats Ibushi, wins the G1, and then he challenges Omega for the title. Loses the dome, Omega. Okada eventually beats Omega for the title and somewhere down the line. And then he can always go back to, like, this match where, you know, the last time Okada lost was to Tanahashi in the G1. So then you can have a title match there based right. off that result. Right. And uh, that's kind of like what I'm hoping for. I'm booking this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you need to reach out to Rocky Romero and, and, and tell and, and give him your ideas. And he's like, we didn't like my tongue in. <laughs> oh, I know. Don't, 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 don't tell him we did this podcast, though. That's all right. It's okay. I mean, hey, they, we, it's, this is a fight game blog, man. We're honest with our opinions. We're not sucking up to nobody, right? So that's why people come and listen to us. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, let's go back through um, some of the uh, s- some of the matches from the previous nights that we didn't cover in the last podcast. Uh, and so I want to start with, um, you know, I think we've been a little critical of Michael Elgin, you know, maybe maybe more so than than most, but. You know the guy. The guy is is still a really good wrestler. Uh, he's you know he's working with a bicep injury, but I think we uh, I think he even tweeted that it's not torn. It's just bruised, and you know he's he's in some pain. But uh, what did you think of his match with Tanahashi? Um, I liked it. Actually, I liked it a lot. I think I think that was one of my uh, favorite Elgin matches of the G One. I think um, I I just liked. You know, when you're with Tanahashi, it's a whole different level, and it's a whole different pace, and it was, it was more psychology. It didn't feel like a typical, you know, indie match, I would call it, you know, like, move, kick out, move, you do a move, kick out, do a move. It's like back and forth, back and forth, like an NBA game. It's like, it's, it's it was more of a story based match, and I, I like that. And I, you know, Elgin's good. I mean, he has that he has that ability to hold these matches out, and and Tanahashi's just the master. So yeah, I like it a lot. You know, I, I really like the match until the finish. Um, so oh yeah, you didn't like the cradle. The right. finish the finish is an inside cradle. Uh, Elgin El- Elgin going for the Elgin bomb, and Tanahashi kind of getting behind and using an in- inside cradle, but. There was a little bit of a deer in the headlights spot for the finish because Tanahashi's like on his back waiting for the cradle and Elgin is like above him and then he just jumps into the cradle. Like I didn't like I thought they should have maybe uh called an audible to uh to ch- to change it because it looked uh it looked botched to me. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I would have, I, I thought, you know, based the, the fact that it's, it's Tanahashi, right? Like, like he, he could have figured his way out of that to me, but, um, 
but yeah, like I just thought like it was a little bit of a botch and, and I would have loved to see them work through the botch to get to where they wanted to go instead of just, you know, sometimes we see that a lot in, in uh, even in WWE matches where you can tell that there's a screw up, but because they don't want to improvise, they just go through with the screw up uh, as, a, as a finish. Sometimes it's like they're going to hit their finishing move, but like they screw it up and then they just go right back to it and hit it just because that's what the finish is supposed to be. I feel like both of these guys uh, should have been able to to work through that and and make it look a little bit more seamless than it was. Yeah, I thought the finish should have been the high fly flow. I think it should have been maybe two of them, maybe the crossbody one, and then and then hit the one off the top with when Elgin playing prone on the ground. Um, I just think because like if you're telling that story too, like you know Elgin's this powerhouse that takes a lot to take down and takes a lot to get off his feet and. Um, so yeah, I think you have to throw everything at it, right? Like you throw everything you got. And, and I don't think, sometimes I don't think a cradle works for him, you know, yeah. to beat him. Yeah. I think it has to be your, your best move. And I think they should have told that story personally, but like yeah. I, said, I thought it was a good match. No, I'll agree with you. And this is even after me going on the whole, uh, the whole rant about how, you know, all these matches end with finishers and then no, you know, I'm not, I'm not buying the, the secondary move. Cause I know it's not going to be the finish and they did yeah. something different here. And I, I, I know I didn't like it, but it was more because of the botch, not because of the idea, but what you just said makes sense because big Mike is this super powerful guy and you should have to beat him with your best. Uh, or, the cradle has to look super sweet and come like out of mm-hmm. nowhere, you know, and it, and it didn't, but, but yeah. Um, so yeah, like, like, no, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think it's cool that Tanahashi wants to finish his matches with cradles and pins now because it just adds some, 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 uh, different elements to matches. Like it's like, like it's, we, I mean, that's new Japan does get in that rut of like, okay, it's going to be a finisher. That's going to win the match. So you kind of like, don't really believe in these other like secondary big moves until you see the guy hit his finisher. So yeah, no, I, I, I like that with you. Like, yeah, it's good on Tanahashi for doing that. But in this case scenario, in this match specifically, you know, he, I think the high five flow should have been the finish for sure. What about Okada and evil, which was the main event of night 15? Um, good match. Not as good as the last, last year's match, but last year's match had a little more more importance because it was building up is a little more because they're building up to a future title shot for evil. That was kind of like that, you know, that was in October of last year. Right. So, um, it was a little more tense. I mean, the match was good. It was fine. It was, it was, um, you know, I really like evil. I think he's, uh, I think he's, uh, he's really, really underrated when it comes to a lot of the guys on the roster. What do you think about his tournament this year? Uh, because you know, in 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 a G one tournament, not everyone can win all the matches, right? Like yeah. you see, you see somebody like um, Hangman Page, who I think has been awesome in this tournament, but he's not going to beat you know some of these guys. And he, you know, like currently as of uh, as of night fifteen, he only has three wins, but he still looks great. I feel like evil last year made made it made a bit of a dent and this year he was leading for a lot of this tournament but um you know i i like like you said you know maybe it's not as sort of eye-opening as last year's match with omega but i still feel like he's had a he's had a pretty good tournament just maybe a little bit overshadowed this year yeah you, you hit the nail on the head right there it's just, you just 
you know, as your point, like it's a, last year they're building him up for a title shot with Okada, and this year it's just not in the books. So um, he just kind of stuck in the middle of the tournament. But his performance has been there. I mean, he's he's, he's, a, he's a really good wrestler. And uh, yeah, I like to see him win more because I want to see here. Uh, let's say Milano say <laughs> Milano say everything is evil. I think it's finisher. <laughs> I just love it. Is, I forget. What ma- oh, I know what match I'm talking about. It's the uh, Omega Ishi match. Oh man! See, I watched Japanese commentary, right? But I did watch it again in English, with English commentary. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I watched I watched the Japanese commentary. The spot, the double stomp to the outside. Mm-hmm. All you do is hear M- M- Milano go, "Oh sh, holy <laughs> shit!" <laughs> it was it was awesome. It was awesome. So actually, good good segue there because uh, the night the what is this? I believe it's night fourteen. Um, I, I don't myself feel like this is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen because I did just watch, uh, Kenny Omega and, and, and uh, Okada earlier this year. And I did see the, uh, the 60 minute draw between the two of them as well. Um, but a lot of people on Twitter after Ishii and Omega said, that's either one of the best matches I've ever seen or that's the best match I've ever seen. You and I have a, a little bit of, a, of an issue with uh, with the finish of that match. But otherwise, uh, what what were your thoughts? Because this, this match was pretty ridiculous. Um, I thought this match was pretty damn good. I mean, not definitely not the best match I've ever seen. Not put on that highest pedestal or anything like that. But like I felt... Like it's one of those matches you're watching, you feel something special's going happening, and each guy played their role perfectly. Ishii, like I, I, we talked to, like I think the first show, I think you talked about who's the MVP so far in, yeah. in the the G1. And like to me, like it was Naito. It's Ishii now. Like mm-hmm. Ishii has been phenomenal. I love that guy, and I know New Japan's really protective of the IWGP Heavyweight Title. Only certain people get it, and that's what makes it so great. But like if there's ever a guy that deserves like a short reign as champion, you know, Ishii would be the guy. I think that I would love to see that happening. I think that'd be a great story. And, um, these guys have great chemistry. I think it's one of the, you know, other than Okada, I think, um, I think this is like, Ishii's like one of Omega's best, great opponents. Right. I mean, we saw that great match at uh, the first ever new Japan USA long beach show. Right. That match was phenomenal. Minus table spot, wasn't a big fan of that, but <laughs> but like other than that, like everything else was great, and these guys tore it up. The only thing I had an issue with, and I I, I struggled because you know we we've been ranking the matches, we've been putting our favorite matches together, and why am I why am I keeping track of all of them? I don't know. It's crazy. You're probably getting annoyed every time I send you my whole list, like <laughs> top ten. Like I'm not reading number forty six on your list. <laughs> but I just want to see where everything falls in place, right? And sometimes I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at anymore. But anyways, I was struggling to like where to put this match. Like, is it better than Ishii? I mean, I start Naito and Omega. Like, and at the end of the day, because I really, I, I mean, there's only a couple matches in this tournament I actually watched twice, and I felt like I had to watch this match again. And um, so at the end of the day, I put it number one on my list. But a struggle with is that at the pinfall, Omega's shoulder was up. (laughs) 
I mean, as clear as day. Like it was like, you know, this is WWE. They would have this. They, the referee wouldn't count, right? You know, and and uh, if he did, they they would he would have been yelled at. They would have had to show a replay of it. They had to come back and do the match again or something. You know, the next night or something. It just yeah, like. Like was it, has anyone mentioned that? No, I've never seen people talk about the shoulder being up other than you and I. You know. Oh well, I mentioned it to to Big Dave when I did Wrestling Observer Radio that night. He said, oh, he, "I haven't listened in yet." <laughs> Apologies. You could have pretended that you listened. By the way, sorry, man. This is the, this, <laughs> this is the audible part of Tanahashi and and Big Mike where you could have been like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay." I just forgot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mentioned it to, I mentioned it to Big Dave on that show. I said, you know, this match is great. It's one of the best two or three matches in the whole G1. But if I'm being nitpicky, Omega's shoulder was up at the end of that thing. And now look, they could turn it into an angle, right? Like when Ishii gets a title shot at Omega, some of the buildup from Omega's side, is like, look, my shoulder was up. Like you didn't actually, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, and so, and so they, they could do that, but that match was, was really great. So the second qualm I had with this match was, um, right as they get to the finish, Ishii hits Omega with, uh, a a clothesline that Nikita Koloff in his prime would have been jealous of. He hits Mm -hmm. Omega right in the mouth with this thing. And his mouth starts, Omega's mouth starts bleeding even more than it was already bleeding. Like, that was a little violent for me. Uh, violent is a little bit of a weird word because so many things are violent. But I, I sort of felt that that and kind of covered my mouth and was like, ouch. Um, and so those were the two things. Like, I don't think he needed to drill him that hard. And I'm, he probably didn't even mean to do it. But it looked like he just, like, hit him right in the face with his arm. I was just like, Oh my God. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you could, you could argue that this is the best match of the tournament. And if you argued that point, I could, I I mean, I I could have my opinion, but I'm like, it, it was so good. It was really, really good. Yeah. And, and it wasn't even the main event of the show. Like it was the fourth match of the, of the G one, uh, the singles matches and, you know, poor, uh, Poor Abushi and uh, and uh, and and Naito had to follow that, and they, I mean they had a, an excellent match of their own. But it's just like, oh yeah. my, oh my god, I got to follow this crazy match. So, by the way, uh, number yeah, number forty. What the heck? What the heck's up with Omega? Still semifinal. I don't get it. It must be there must be some kind of angle to this. I'm just that's the only thing I'm thinking. I think Ghetto has a reason for it, and I'm, it's going to come out what it is. I don't know jealousy between the friends. Who knows? I don't know. Like it's just weird to me that the IWTV champion is not closing up the show. I don't remember Okada ever being the second semifinal match on a G one. I always feel like he closed the show. I'm sure someone who 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 is keeping track will will let us know. But yeah, I mean, the only thing I could think of is the one that we mentioned last time was that Ibushi was in his hometown. That's why he was in the in the main event. Uh, I believe that. The the main event was more for Naito than it was for Ibushi in this in this match in particular. But yeah, it was it was a little bit weird, especially because you knew that that Omega and Ishii was going to deliver because they always deliver. Um, but yeah, it mm-hmm. was an interesting decision. 
By the way, uh, number 46 on your list is Elgin against Jay White from July 20th. So you uh, get, you yeah. you, get, mean, you you uh you put it 46 and Big Dave Meltzer gave it four stars. All right. So um, I still can't get over two chops. Guy bumps out and he hit a dive out like <laughs> makes sense to me. Sorry guys, doesn't doesn't, doesn't make sense. So, uh, so yeah. It's so, just wrestling. It's just wrestling, guys. Why are you being so picky? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Look, if uh, if there weren't movie critics, every movie would suck, right? Like every movie would be. Yeah, that's true, exactly. Um, so, so just to kind of quickly, Abushi uh, and Naito. Abushi um, had a crazy, crazy, crazy match with Ishi uh, several shows ago. This match also scared the living daylights out of me because uh, Ibushi teased a German where he was on the inside of the ring and Naito was on the apron and he got onto the second rope and was going to use the rope for leverage to kind of bounce Naito in. And early in the match, he didn't get it. But late in the match, he does get it and Naito gets dropped right on the top of his head and again, I like audibly shrieked with like, mm-hmm. I don't remember what I said. It was probably like, oh my God, or something. But like that stuff seems so dangerous to me. And not that, you know, I- I'm sure people watching the match, the most of us know that, okay, they know how to take these kind of moves. But still, like on right on the top of his head... I I kind of get jarred when I'm watching stuff and, and and you see that kind of thing happen in the match. Great match. I think I gave it four and three quarter star or something like it was that good. But that's the that the thing that I remember about that match isn't the fact that um, that uh, that he won the match, but just or the finish. But it ju- it's just like that's the thing that I remember is Nido getting bounced on the top of his head. Yeah, that was scary. And, yeah, of course these guys know how to take bumps like that on his head, but so did Misawa over the years. And look what happened to him, you know. It's dangerous, guys, you know. It's, like, not worth it. These high-angle bumps, I mean, we have to learn from the mistakes of the past, and and they're just not worth it at all. And I like, like, you know, like, like I saw this in this last last show, Sonata and Naito. Like, Sonata hitting those beautiful back suplexes. Beautiful, like I guess they're sciatic suplexes, whatever you want to call it. But anyways, like they're just beautiful. And he picks the guy up and drops him perfectly on his back, like safely. But they look, they look devastating. There's no need to do this crazy bump on your top of your head. And um, this match was awesome. You know, it was overshadowed by the Ishii and Omega match. But the finish was great. I've never seen anyone take that 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 knee like more devastating. Like I thought Naito was legitimately knocked out. After he took that knee, I thought that was that that finish looked so cool. It was perfectly captured. Um, the lower camera angle on it, it was just it was it was perfect. And uh, another big win by Ibushi there. Ibushi there. So the the one thing that uh, I think about is when he does the uh, technically the running Kamagoye, which is sort of like the old Bomaye, right from from Nakamura. Mm-hmm. When he does the running one, that's the setup for the 
the the the the static one, the one where he's just standing straight up. I, I, to me, the running one looks more devastating, <laughs> and I always I always get weirded out that it's actually the setup for for the for the Kamagoye. But I mean, that's that now that is nitpicking. That is really really yeah. really bad nitpicking. No, it's, it's a cool observation. Like I, I it's funny because now we're really getting geeky. Like I prefer the finish, right? Because I think it's a little more dramatic in presentation. Like you know, the setup, the hands, and it just kind of boom, and it, you know, connected. I think it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was a, that was an awesome night of wrestling. And there was a third match that night too. That was pretty damn good. But we I also remember we, which one it was. We we also got goofy stuff in that show though. Yeah, that's true. But there's like it was I think one of the other matches is pretty pretty good. So um, yeah. right right before that was uh, th- so there was a. Um, uh, a Zack Sabre Jr. and Juice match, but before those two was the Sonata and Yano goofiness, which like was like the shortest match probably of the of the show so far. And then the uh, the Tamatanga and Goto match, which was you know exactly what every every uh, every you know Tongans match so far has has been like. So you had to kind of get through a little bit of a little bit of wackiness and comedy and and frustration. But then closing with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Juice, and then Omega Nishi and Ibushi and Naito, like you couldn't really get too much better than that. So yeah, great, yeah. great, great night. I actually, I actually like the Sonata Yano match for what you know, for what you expect, right? For a Yano match, and um, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, this for as much as like okay, circle back to the Omega Yano match from today. Like as much as I don't like the way it's placed within this angle they did um i if you took that match out and it just was just a match i, I kind of still would have enjoyed it at least some of it yeah and i want the one part i think i love the most about that match omega and yano the one thing i just like i just thought was now nah, a damn good idea is when yano take the young boy to omega and threw the young boy <laughs> over the rail yeah that was that I just was thought good that was brilliant that was good i think that was one of the coolest yano things he's ever done and um, I enjoyed the double clothesline spot. Like, okay, like I said, it was just pure comedy with those guys. Those are, those are two spots I really liked. And I liked the idea of, like, can I give the kid a, kid a hug and mm-hmm. his arm? And kind of got scary with the tape. I thought maybe the kid's going to break his wrist. But but uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought that was cool. I mean, I, I really liked that part of it. That just didn't like the whole, the whole, whole scenario they had set up. So one match that I was frustrated in for like five minutes, but was actually a good match <laughs> towards the end, was uh, night thirteen. Okada and Suzuki. Um, let me let me let me. T- I'm not going to get quite as as passionate as you did with the uh, w- 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 with the Omega and Yano and Ibushi and Tonga stuff, but I I was really frustrated with the beginning of this match. Now. Suzuki jumping Okada and them going to the outside and them wrestling outside and, you know, kind of hitting each other with chairs and all that stuff. Okay, I get that, like, that they allow that to happen all the time. Now, the part that frustrated me the most is that as Okada is trying to come back into the ring, I think the count is like at 13 or 14, And so, you know, Okada's trying to come back in. The way that Suzuki tries to get the count-out victory, 
is he blasts Okada with a chair right in front of the ref and then slides into the ring and the ref keeps counting. Like, in every version of wrestling that I've ever watched, including Hulk Hogan's reality show with Todd Bridges in the main event from Different Strokes fame. Awesome. The the chair shot right in front of the ref is, unless it's a, a no-holds-barred match or a no-DQ match, like, that should be a disqualification. And I get that Suzuki is, you know, he's sort of exempt from some of these rules because he's Suzuki and he's a badass. But, like, that was just so blatant. And I, I felt like I, I was watching that match for, you know, I don't know how, I don't know what it went, maybe 20 minutes, but... For the first five minutes, I was just like, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. I don't even want to watch the rest of this match. And, of course, they got me back in because they're both so great. But, oh, I was so frustrated for that first five minutes of that match. Now, normally, now, no, honestly, I'm with you. I'm with you with your own frustration. But watching history of Japanese wrestling, all Japan, Japan, like Stan Hansen in particular, would pick up a chair and, and just wail a guy. Bruiser Brody would pick up a chair and a clocker guy. And the but to try to get a count out, like, to try to get a count out. I know. No, I get it. I get it. The referee shouldn't count. He should stop his count, right? That's what should happen. He shouldn't, he shouldn't count it. Because, you know, because red shoes, normally when he sees interference, sometimes he doesn't count, right? Right. So why are you picking choosing, like, which ones you don't want to count and which right. one you will count? It's just really inconsistent, and that's an issue that New Japan has with the referees that we talk about every show. And I really wish they would adopt the uh, WWE philosophy about how they, how they use the referees, and cause I think that's they're they're the best at that when it comes to protecting the official. And you know, because without the credibility of the official, it's the credibility of the match, right? And um, they should they should definitely go that route and tighten things up because you know, like like Marty, poor Marty's just a bumbling bumping around fool now, you know, like. You know, it's cool to hear Milano go, Marty, Marty, you know, like, <laughs> everyone's so concerned about him. I'm concerned about that guy. He's getting thrown around, bumped on his head, everything else in this whole tournament. But uh, Marty should get a Purple Heart for this performance, <laughs> this whole tournament. Uh, coming out, he's going to come out injured, too. Um, it's just, uh, it's just, yeah, that's, that's just, you know, we've been, we've been talking about that forever. But they need to clean that up. They definitely need to clean that up ASAP. Yeah, I, I I really ended up enjoying the match. You know, it was uh, uh, the 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 move that you know I, I, Kenny Omega's uh, move is is sort of like the one that nobody kicks out of. But man, when, when whenever I see it, like I, I, for whatever reason, whenever I see a pile driver, I get a little bit of like feeling of when I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid because that was like nobody mm-hmm. kicks out of the pile driver, right? And so when I see yeah. when I see Suzuki do the gotch, I kind of get a little bit of like uh, feeling like when I was a kid. And so I love when he does the gotch. Um, but they were teasing lots of stuff, you know, Suzuki teasing the gotch, Okada like teasing the tombstone. And so they're going back and forth. So that stuff was all really great. And I did end up liking the match a lot. But yeah, that that was just kind of like my, uh, the, the you know, I... I that's all I can stand, and I can't stand no more. But still, you know, they still sucked me in. Um, what did you think about, uh, if you remember, because it was uh, like almost a week ago now, what did you think of uh, Tanahashi and Evil? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I mean, I just remember it being the typical solid wrestling match. You know, than that, I don't think nothing really stands out like a certain spot or anything of that from my from my memory. But um, uh, I think it was fine. I mean, I'm sure it was pretty good. You know. Yeah. So so I liked this match very similarly to why you liked the big Mike match, which was uh, when, it, you know, in Tanahashi's matches, like you mentioned, you can't do the my turn, your turn stuff like he's always going to tell a story. And uh, I don't think, you know, this wasn't the crazy match he knew or I, I don't know that he knew this, but, you know. He 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 just wanted to have a, a really solid wrestling match with, with Evil, and and Evil was really good here. But they weren't gonna like they were they weren't trying to like, you know, have the match of the night or burn the house down or whatever. They were just having to, they were just trying to have a really solid storytelling match, and, uh, and and you know, so it felt very much like a Tanahashi match. But I, I just thought it was it was one of those matches where after you're done, you're like, hmm, that was pretty simple. That was really good, and I'm so happy that I get to watch uh, watch Tanahashi still wrestle. Like that's sort of what I felt like after I watched the match. Yeah, it's, it's like a like a really good professional wrestling match. Yeah, totally. You know exactly what exactly what you expect, and and yeah, no, it's I mean to watch Tanahashi right now. It's like I feel like I was like cheated because like I watched like as much footage as was out there, which is not that meant that much footage. But like when I see Jack Briscoe wrestle, it's like I think that guy is just amazing, one of the best I've ever seen. I'm like, I want more footage of him. Yeah. And you know, just just never gonna get it. Let someone nurse this stuff somewhere. I mean, hopefully WWE can find more more great hidden gems of Jack, and I would love to I would love to watch that. But um, I mean, I feel like I'm seeing that greatness now with Tanahashi, and we're lucky to continue to watch it because uh, I don't think he's not gonna retire anytime soon, and uh, he's always evolving. You know, because he needs to evolve because of all the injuries he suffered from that hard style. If you were to compare Tanahashi, you 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 sort of compared him to Jack Briscoe right now. But if you were if you were to to make your comparison uh, to a little bit more recently, would it be to someone like a like a Bret Hart? Um, he's he's not as as sort of uh, and maybe he is as flashy as 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 like a Shawn Michaels, but. I'm trying to think of who you would compare him to to folks who maybe not be, you know, that they're not on the New Japan bandwagon right now. Like they're still kind of holding back. Like who would you compare Tanahashi to? I think Bret Hart's actually a really good comparison because if you kind of look at Tanahashi, I think people kind of like his critics, which I can't believe they're his critics, but you know, it's critics for everyone. It's because same thing that Bret got criticized for the same moves, the kind of like the same kind of pattern. I think Brett got like I think he got like people always would get on him about that, but I, I thought Brett was didn't really have that similar pattern. Like he had a lot of the same moves he did because that's what you know that's that's what you do, right? You have your thing, you do, and people look forward to seeing it, right? Like you know we, you know Brett Hart did the elbow off the second rope, right? People love to see it, so he always would do it. That's like his thing. That's what separates these guys from being all the same wrestler. They all have their own unique style. Unique moves. I think you know Tanahashi is going to do his little little swanton or senton off the second. Um, yeah, I think like Brett would be a good person, and Sean too. Sean too as well. Um, so I think you got exactly right. So so uh, we are headed into the the end of this tournament. 
do you like compare it to last year? Because that was like the first year that that you and myself and and uh, the Heartbreak Kid decided, you know, we're gonna try to watch this entire thing. And in order to to sort of uh, be disciplined about it, we're going to kind of report back and, and keep track of the matches so we keep each other on schedule. Um, have you, if you were to compare, do, do you find last year's tournament to be a little bit more favorable or or this year's tournament? Mm, didn't have last year. Didn't have all this interference. I tell you that, which I which I prefer. But then again, like I think. The bigger matches in this, the big matches at least in this tournament, have been superior to last year's. I think so far, but and we still have night. We still have night. Uh, what Tanahashi and Okada left. We still have Omega and Bushi left. So, so I think I think this year is kind of gonna edge it a little bit, just because these the big matches have just delivered, exceeded all expectations so far. So, so I'm, I'm leaning towards this tournament. You know, minus the bullshit, I enjoy the 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 main stuff. Yeah, you know? the uh, the whenever I watch a match with Tonga or Fale, in the back of my mind, I'm going like, last year's tournament was so much better. And then when I watch a match like Omega and Ishii or Omega and Naito or Ibushi and and Naito, I go. You know what? This year's tournament might be better. Like you really can't yeah. go. You really can't go wrong. I, I agree with you that that the interference takes it down a, a spot. But you're right in that the best matches of this year's tournament are better than the best matches of last year's tournament. And and I you know it may have a slight edge, but man, like you you know we're really comparing like uh, you know I, like chocolate or vanilla ice cream like they're both like really great it's mm-hmm. just literally like what's your preference so uh, i i very much agree with you um so as we head into the final three shows we already mentioned the um the b block what 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 their uh their last show before the final is for the a block uh we have tanahashi and okada we've been harping on this match for the last uh, few shows Jay White Nevo, which we also mentioned, uh, Fale and uh, Suzuki, which is uh, I don't know. You, I know you like a lot of these bad Fale matches because he because he works like a like like a big man. But this 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 could could be lots of lots of chair shots uh, is what I predict uh, for the future lot, of this match. Expect a lot of interference. Yeah, a lot of interference for both sides from uh, Suzuki Goon and Tongans. You know what? I'm okay with it. Anytime we get Desperado involved. <laughs> Let him out there. <laughs> Desperate. Love that guy. But no, I mean, it's just going to be wild and brawling all over the place. Wouldn't be shocked if it goes double count out or something crazy, you know? Uh, we have Elgin and uh, Makabe. I'm going with Makabe with this one because I think that that's how the Japanese announcer pronounces it. Um, and then Yoshihashi against Hangman Page. So for the final, we will have the A block winner versus the B block winner. And then. A bunch of tag team matches. Uh, I don't. They, I don't think they're going to announce anything until uh, probably after the the uh, the last show in the B block, and then they're probably going to announce a bunch of matches that night, and then we're going to watch the uh, the finale. Uh, hopefully, all of us, me, you, the Heartbreak Kid, uh, Big Dave, will all watch it uh, live, so we'll be able to kind of. 
the the climax of the entire thing. We'll all be able to watch it together. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be awesome. And uh, I yeah, they, they, they won't announce anything until the final the final show of the B Block at the Saturday show, and then they'll announce the rest of the matches, which. I'm guessing we're going to get a Kane Omega team versus the Tongans. You know, a six-man tag. Yeah, we have a six-man tag. You, so and, so uh, they're, they're bringing in uh, the Bucks and some of the other the other folks, the other bigger stars who haven't been on the show because, you know, they, they weren't in the G1. I wonder if they – I wonder if Cody's going to be on because I know he's been doing the Arrow stuff, and I don't know if he's still doing it, but he's also got, you know, we're uh, – gosh, we're like – three weeks before all in. So he, I'm sure he, I'm sure they're all busy with that stuff too. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I wonder if he's going to be on the show too. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so, but maybe, I mean, it'd be cool. I think the six man tag match is going to be, um, the Tongans versus Omega page and chase Owens actually. Cause that's what we got this show. I, you know, I get to see that. Plus the history with chase Owens and the Tongans too. Makes sense. And there's, I think Chase Owens is a perfect guy to take the fall if need be, unless they, I would kind of have Omega lose if they're really going to try to put some steam on Tonga, you know, beating Tama Tonga, beating Omega, keep building that up. If they're, if they're, you know, they're going that route. I feel like, I don't know if it's really going to be a title match, but uh, maybe it will be a title match. I still think something's going to happen in Long Beach. It might be this big, multi wild, gangland style match. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if there's, uh, I know uh, Court Bauer is doing a war game style match, and I know that's not necessarily uh, New Japan's uh, New Japan's cup of tea, but like that would actually be kind of cool, you know, Kenny and and Kota and the Bucks, and uh, and I guess you'd have to you'd have to get a fourth guy for for uh, the OG Bullet Club, but that would be kind of a cool idea to for you know for kind of a blow off of that feud. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool, definitely. Did you have you in your booking uh, in, in your booking career? Did you ever try to book a war games? Well, no, I just didn't have two rings. I never did. <laughs> uh, no, no, never did anything like that. I don't think so. I might have done some kind of like elimination tags, but just just like a, basically like a fire series match. So it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be any kind of war games. No, nothing, nothing that I remember. So, I yeah. booked a lot and a lot of shows, but I don't I don't remember doing that. You couldn't get a second ring. Definitely not in the AW garage. Say that man. Fit the, <laughs> ring they had. the Cow Palace. You could have fit two rings in the Cow Palace. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll we'll ABW we'll back in the Cow Palace. We'll book war games. Court, Court Bowers. Court Bauer said he doesn't care if people continue to book that match. He just wants to make sure that he's got the copyright. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I um, hope it's a success for him. But sounds like it will be. So it's good. All right, man. It is late. You have babies that you need to wake up for. I appreciate you hanging on. Um, and and doing this, this has been a fun series of podcasts. Maybe maybe we'll get back together one more time to t- kind of talk about the uh, the the finale um, and, and other yeah. stuff. But uh, but yeah, so, yeah, so we, go ahead. 
I'll say, yeah, we definitely should uh, do like a post. Not, I mean, not that same night because we'll be exhausted, but maybe like a, the next day or something or the day after. Yeah, we yeah. You, you say we'll, you'll say you say we'll be exhausted, and then all of a sudden, Big Dave's going to want to do a post game show. I'm, I'll be down. <laughs> I do would like to uh, give a shout out to um, a friend on Twitter who saw me. She's awesome. She writes up. Uh, she basically keeps up to date with all the Noah stuff. If you're really interested in Noah, um, she translates everything in English, and she puts up cool gifts of matches, and and she kind of keeps you up to date with the, with the happenings of Noah. And I and I really appreciate like her efforts of that because like you know I don't speak Japanese, so it's just cool to that what she does on Twitter. So big shout out to Asami on Twitter. Um, you find her just. Look her up. I think it's just Asami Noah, I believe, or something like that. So look her up um, if you definitely want to learn more about Noah. It's just more Japanese wrestling out there. Wait, what's her handle again? What's her Twitter, hand- Twitter handle? Oh, gosh, I feel bad. It just came to me right now. Like, I wanted to give her a shout-out. But Hisami, it's H-I-S-A-M-E. <laughs> so um, you should be able to find it there. So, uh all right, so shout out to Hisami. Um, you know, I've uh, I, I, I've declared that uh, all of the all of my favorite New Japan wrestlers are actually my uh, my half cousins because you know all the Samoans can can declare that they're all related. So you know, I'm half Japanese. I, I can be related to to all these guys. So shout out to Hisami and also all of my uh, my half cousins, uh, Ibushi and Ishi. <laughs> and Okada. So those are, those are my guys, but yeah, th- thanks again to John for hanging out. I know we, we probably went a little bit longer than, than we did, but it's because, uh, we had some good stuff to talk about and we were very passionate. John was very passionate about the Tongans and, and, and that whole angle. And that, that's what you need. That's what you need in wrestling is passion. You need to be, stuff needs to be important. And if it's, if it's done correctly, it needs to be celebrated and if it's done, maybe not so well, then you need to be a little bit critical of it. But uh, the G1 has given us a ton of of uh, entertainment, and it's been a fun ride. And I and I can't wait to see a Saturday night show because uh, the culmination uh, it, it, it's it's going to be a really great show. But at the end, I'm going to be like, oh, now what am I going to watch? Every day, not WWE. I'm not watching Raw. What am I going to watch to uh, to fulfill my wrestling appetite? Oh, I'll send you some links. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a ton of links of all Japan stuff, of of Noah stuff, of uh, maybe some maybe some uh, some Mid South, maybe. Yeah, we'll watch the. We'll trust me, I'll find something. Hell yeah. All right, we will we will see you when we see you. Peace out.